When you're ready, bro. This is Garage Logic Podcast number 46, November 15th, 2018. It was one degree on this day in 1940 and 71 degrees in 1990. What you are about to hear is brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware Stores. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. Hi. How are you? Before tackling new material, uh, may I uh, uh, clear up some old business? Mm-hmm. Uh, much of it good and some of it not. The uh, Hill-Murray football player who suffered a head injury during a game last month yeah. has returned home. Yay. Zach Zarembinski's family wrote he visited the school Wednesday, saw some of his friends, and thanked classmates for their support. That's great news, huh? Very yeah. good. Uh, Zarembinski's family said he spent 17 days in Regions Hospital with a traumatic brain injury. He was transported there after complaining of a headache during a game and suffering subsequent seizures. His family said he will continue outpatient therapy until he can return to school, but it sounds as though he will, in fact, recover and return to school. Very nice. Our governor, Mark Dayton. Yep. He remains in the hospital a month after a relatively minor procedure on his back. Of course, when you have surgery, it's never minor, is it? It's minor on somebody else. If it's somebody else, it's minor. It's minor surgery. If it's you, it's never minor. He had a procedure October 12 and underwent a second surgery several days later. Uh, A spokesman for the governor said at that time he was expected to stay in the hospital for several days. But he's now been there more than a month. Uh, NPR reported a spokeswoman confirmed yesterday, Wednesday, November 14th, that Dayton is still at Mayo uh, having physical therapy. No discharge date has been set. He struggled with some back pain over the uh, over the years. Yeah, I think this is his, what, second or third surgery, too. And uh, I think it's also when he's you He's had three back surgeries. Three back surgeries. Three, and okay. a procedure to repair a torn hip muscle, and he's been treated for prostate cancer. So uh, his gubernatorial reign has been plagued by uh, having to go on the uh, disabled list yeah. occasionally. Yeah. Injured reserve list. Well, I hope he's okay. Mm-hmm. I think uh, he's a pretty tough cookie, and he'll uh, he'll bounce no, back. We're always rooting for him. Again, uh, we love him as a friend. His politics are a little off, according, to, uh, in my opinion, but he's still a good guy, very good guy. His politics are way off. Okay, okay. I was trying to be a little. <laughs> you know, they're way off, but yeah. like you, yeah. I like the guy. Yes. You know, see, that's the way the world should be, right? Yeah, uh, you could sit and have a cup of coffee with him somewhere, and you'd probably end up talking about playing ho- high school hockey or, oh, or whatever. I scored against him. I right. rub it in his face. I continue to rub <laughs> it in his face. Right. I scored a goal against him. He was the goalie for Blake, and and Hill went to Blake to play. And I got a, I got a, I put the biscuit in the basket on the governor. That's what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Now the the new governor elect Tim Walls. Yeah. I have figured out who he reminds me of, and I uh, during- I play golf with the guy who is separated at birth physically 
from Tim Walsh. Really? They're the, they're, I, it's, what's that word, John? There's a word when you have a, a doppelganger. A doppelganger. Yeah. It's his doppelganger. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's not the guy I'm thinking of. All right. Um, this one's a little more famous. Uh, Lewis Black. Oh, I don't see that. Oh, when you when he when he talks, he has that kind of. I don't. I don't mean the foul mouth. I just mean his when he talks. I I can see Lewis Black okay. uh, before he you know kind of goes crazy, but he has the same uh, scratchy voice and kind of that look. Email Steve, emailer Steve, uh, alerted me to a letter that appeared in the <clears throat> Duluth News Tribune, mm-hmm. and I think everyone will get a chuckle out of it. Oh. All right. Yep. Can I ask uh, everyone for a big favor? Those of you planning to place Christmas lights and decorations in your yards, can you please avoid anything that is red or blue and flashing? (laughs) Every time I drive by such homes, I think it's the police, and I have a panic attack. I have to take my foot off the accelerator, toss my beer, fasten my seatbelt, throw my cell phone on the floor, (laughs) turn my radio down, and push the gun under the seat. It's too much for me to do in such short notice. Thanks for uh, thank you all for cooperating and taking my feelings into consideration, (laughs) David Jones Duluth. That's pretty good. That is good. We'll consider that. (laughs) I'm surprised they printed it. Yeah, that's that's rather uh, forward. Cleaning up the spindle. I love when you clean up the spindle because cleaning up the spindle so then I can move on. Yes. Although I'm not done with Baraboo. There's more to Baraboo. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, including a very late development, an email that just came in from uh, Steiners. Yeah, got it. But that's not the. It's it's podcaster Jeff in Hancock, Minnesota. Okay. I don't know why the uh, heading is uh, Steiner, uh, but I'll get to that later. Uh, in the meantime, uh, Bert writes. Uh, just finished watching the Thai Cave Rescue episode of Nova. Did anyone happen to see that? No. no, I did. I did not, and I had to walk away from the television <laughs> as often as I could watch it. Did you a little anxious? Did it? I couldn't breathe. <laughs> I couldn't. I can't imagine uh, how the those divers with the size of their swimsuit areas how they were able to get through there. Yeah, because that they probably just scraped against the wall. Just those giant. things going through. Just right. giant. Right. <laughs> right. They, like, they probably busted a hole in the wall with right. those right. to right. say nothing stops us. Just finished watching the Thai Cave Rescue episode uh, of Nova. Astonishing and nothing short of miraculous. But in light of you and the lads discussing seeing the good or bad in things, I was struck by one part of the show. They mentioned that the parents of the trapped kids sent in messages of gratitude and praise to the coach while the group was in the cave. Can you imagine the vitriol and threats of litigation that would have taken place in this country? Those folks really took the high road, as it were. Taken to service road to the saloon. Bert, he's going to the saloon. <laughs> he's going to the saloon. <laughs> going to the saloon. Hey, good luck there. <laughs> Say hi to Hank. Okay, Gil. Yep. Yeah, that would be, it would be litigation city. There, there would be lawyers that would have <laughs> gone with the Navy SEALs into the cave. You know, to what say, make, you know what it makes me think of? What? There must be something to this Buddhism. Like Zen life? I don't think I don't think the Catholic soccer team would have made it. Or the Lutherans nope. or the Baptists. Uh, or, I think, I think or the Presbyterians. Or, uh, there must be something to uh, the eternal seeking of internal peace, huh? Yeah, well, which I don't have. I, I will never have that in my life. I can't imagine surviving that the way these kids did. Well, partially, okay, they were drugged a little bit. No. 
No, not during their not during their time of undiscovery. No, no non-discovery. They weren't drugged. They were they were carefully uh, uh, sedated and, and somewhat anesthetized, uh, and that had to be a careful cocktail of pharmaceuticals too, because they didn't want the kid to sleep. Right. But they gave him enough. I mean, how about the doctor with the giant ones who goes in there to do this? Right. right. And he he administers some sort of a, a anesthesia, just enough to take the edge off, to calm the kids as they swam out. It's If you haven't seen that Nova episode... I'll I, track it down. It's. I'm trying to see a little a little Joey um, trying to handle that baby with the with the others around and, and why he's describing to them why he should go first. <laughs> I have to... <laughs> I, I have gotta, an appointment. I got to be home by two. <laughs> I got to get out of here first. You got to watch the news. I don't care about you. I have to go. <laughs> No, you do just after me. Yeah. I care about you right you right, Bob. Right, I'm gonna Bob. care about you the minute I'm outside this cave. I'm, I'm gonna turn around and, and shout out your name and say, Come on. <laughs> in a lawn chair and I'll sit and wait. I'll wait for you. But I gotta for... go. <laughs> uh and Greg Holcomb is a brilliant new cartoon. Have you seen it? It's uh it's oh. uh, Kenny Bigfoot. Uh <laughs> I don't know if uh, Reavers has posted it, but it's a little farm therapy with Kenny. Bigfoot is real. He has an eye on. He has an eye chart tattoo on his arm. If he is blurry, it's because your eyes are bad. The mm. tattoo reads, "I am real." See you at the Krabby Coffee Shop. He also has a GL earring. <laughs> Holcomb is unbelievable. He doesn't miss a thing. He's the artist in residence in uh, in Garage. Logic. And you find that by going to GarageLogic. When it's going to be posted by Reavers, GarageLogic.com features button, and you just click on GL Comics, and you will not miss it. He's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Suchere. After revisit Baraboo. And I may have to amend some of my contentions. <laughs> okay. A lady mail from, I just mentioned his name, uh, loyal podcaster Jeff in Hancock, Minnesota. He starts it off by saying, "Arg, <laughs> Reporting is definitely not what it used to be. Am I the only guy in GL that saw this or what? You guys keep saying, why did this come up now six months after the picture was posted? And apparently you can't hear me screaming at my phone. Oh. So I've emailed you. Two idiots from the class put it up on Twitter Sunday night. That's why it made the news. And he included the screenshot. Okay. And it says, Welcome to Baraboo at Go Baraboo. We even got the black kid to throw it up. Hashtag Baraboo proud. And there's the picture of the kids on the steps waving. How does that change things? Certainly, it certainly, well. <laughs> it certainly makes it sound... Then that Jules Silverstedt, that's how I'm going to pronounce his last name because okay. it's too hard to okay. say. Then this Jules Silverstedt from, I still want to know this. It didn't become a national furor until Jules Silverstedt launched his own Twitter questioning about the photograph, saying, 
Could someone please explain to me by why these students in Baraboo, Wisconsin, are giving the Nazi salute? So how did Jules Silverstedt see? Explain that to me, somebody. Well, okay, Go ahead, John. I was well, just why, say, why would it, why would a guy be on the Twitter account of a high school in Wisconsin? Well, my guess is because of what he does, mm-hmm. he has people who follow him on Twitter yeah. who are quote alert to something professional that, power wash. Yeah, that may cause uh, outrage or whatever, and they send it to him. Hmm. That would be my guess. Saying, "Hey, Jules, look at this. Have you seen this?" Blah yeah. blah blah blah. That would be my guess. Okay, can I chime in with what I immediately think? <sighs> yep. I think when this photo was taken, the photographer, as innocently as we discussed yesterday, said, wave goodbye, you're done. I bet every one of these kids did that. Now, one of the kids, being a smart aleck, looked at it and said, geez, it looks like some of us are throwing up the Zieg Heil. And that's when he decided to say, hey, we even got the black kid to throw up the the Zieg Heil sign. And that's when it changed. But that snapshot in time was as innocent as can be. Yeah, there's two ways to look at this. One is, why would they refer to a classmate as the black kid? Why wouldn't they say, we even got Don to throw it up? Well, okay, that's a you, good point. You wanted us to know it was a black kid, and two, uh, it smacks of something pre-planned. To say, "Hey, we even got the black kid to throw it up," it, it sounds to me like it was something that might have been discussed prior to whatever instructions they received from the photographer. This disappoints me to say it because I was really invested. Uh, in this being an example of power washing. And it still might be. It still might be. Okay, we need to find out who put up the welcome to Baraboo at Go Baraboo on Twitter. Well, according Who's to the, according the emailer, uh, uh, Jeff, uh, two of the kids uh, in the photograph posted it. Two Baraboo students <laughs> posted it to what looks to be a Baraboo Twitter account. Right? At Baraboo Proud? Uh, Yes, but, I mean, social media can be... Until I know that, I'm not... I'm going to reserve judgment. I did, after the show yesterday, I went and looked at it again. I listened to the podcast yesterday in my garage, walking around with it, playing on my phone. And I really liked it. (laughs) Yeah. I thought it was really good. I thought it was really good as we were doing it, yes. Any event, John. Well, and looking at the picture again, there are about 10 kids in there who there's no way on earth they're doing anything except throwing up a Nazi salute. Their arm is straightforward. Well, Hillary does it. Nixon does it. But straightforward, this thing? I mean, I know this is podcast. Nobody can see it. but I see only one doing it straightforward. There's a couple kids in gray suits. That's the part that scares me. I see two. All right, I see two. I don't have it in front of me. I should pull it up again. I see three. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I see... I see four at the most. I would like to believe, you know, if if it was an organized thing, it was just a handful of students at best. I would like to believe that. Mm-hmm. I would hope. I. What are we to make of the phrase, we even got the black kid to throw it out? What, hell? I what know. the hell is that lone black kid doing in Barabooskis? <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. He's got to feel like a fish out of water, doesn't he? Maybe he's the homecoming king, for all I know. Maybe he's the star of the school. Right. Um, 
I'm still, I don't see him in the photograph, by the way. Yeah, I, did, I looked too. I didn't Far see right, isn't this second guy in? Is he? Uh, there's a guy on the right that's sideways. I believe that guy is right behind him. Oh. But I don't see his hand. I don't either. Uh, it looks like he's putting his hand over his face like he, as if he's scratching his nose. I don't think he's waving. No, that's the hand of the kid in front of him. Um, who was one of the four I'm counting. <laughs> so I, I don't, I can't uh, say that I'm making out the black uh, youngster unless it, go to the bottom right of the picture. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a guy not waving on the far right bottom. Correct. And he, and he, Stop. Far right bottom, a guy not waving. Uh, immediately to his right is a guy with the arm extended. Yep. Behind yeah. them, that's the black kid? Yes. Uh, yeah. I don't know how you can even tell that, uh, but I'll take your word for it. I'm looking at it. <clears throat> it looks like his hair is in a bun. Well, you're being racist. No, I'm not being racist. You're culturally appropriate. (laughs) You're doing something wrong. I don't know what it is. I'm sure you're committing some sin of sensitivity in some way. I have no idea. He he doesn't have dreadlocks, but he's got longer hair, and it's pulled back in a ponytail, because I did zoom in on it here. Yeah. And his his left hand is at his side. His right hand is over his nose and his mouth. I would hardly call that throwing it up. Yeah, no uh, he's not throwing it up. Do you see that, John? I don't see him throwing it up. How about right here? Up, Can yeah. you see it from here oh, or no? There you go. No, yeah, I don't see him doing anything. That's his hand right here. Yeah. And he's not He's not doing black power. He's not even waving. He's scra- He might be going, going oh, what the hell is going on? Right. I feel like <clears throat> we're looking at these Zapruder film here. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I was going to say, can you? I don't think there's a high school photo that's been more analyzed than this one. <laughs> the grassy knoll salute. <laughs> no, salute. Slute. Slute. Uh, those two guys immediately in the far right, though, that doesn't look like a wave to mom. I'll, I will I will concede that for sure. Well, how sure. about the guy dead center in the gray suit? Uh, this guy? Yeah. Whoa. He might just be happy, Johnny. He might be, <laughs> he might be in theater. Let I'm me not see sure. if I see that one. Uh, he has the maroon. Well, I, I'm looking at it. Oh, the guy in the very front? Yeah, oh, Todd, dead yes. center. He's yeah. telling everybody. He's That's what that looks like everybody. to me. And then what about ball gazer next yeah, to him over he's there? Next Got to him. the ball gazer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they look like a bunch of happy, goofy kids who are goofing around. Um, my not, faith wants me to say that's what it is. I, I guess I don't know. I, there's evidence on both sides. The, now there's going to be a, a faith healing, and they're going to have a community program, and they're going to. Uh, uh, get everybody in town together to uh, to try to set the record straight. The apologies continue to come from the school district, uh, who says now that these kids hurt people deeply around the world. Uh, there also, did you see the Baraboo police are investigating to see if what is to it? investigate? Well, they said, "quote Here's the quote uh, I saw it earlier today." Uh, Baraboo police said officers are investigating whether the photo was posted with an intent that could be considered criminal under Wisconsin statutes. I don't know what that would mean. I don't either. What kind of statute would you be breaking by doing that? In Germany, you would be, but here. And the parent, Gus, who took the photo, says he was simply asking the teens to wave goodbye to their parents before they headed to prom. Because remember, there is no senior prom uh, in Baraboo. I don't know what cultural peculiarity that represents. Uh, but they only have the one prom. So. 
I don't know where to be, folks. Yeah. Who was that, Rook? Something I we need to know. We take special caller. Uh, special caller on uh, on line nine was was supposed to be at my beck and call prior to noon. Yeah. He had one job, so when I when I called him yes. at ten two, he was not available. Yes, Bruh. Yeah, bro. So we landed in uh, Phoenix. Oh, I don't know about exactly right when Rookie was trying to call me. Why? Why are you in uh, Phoenix? Wife's work conference. I'm going on her company's dime. It's pretty sweet gig. Yeah. Um, <laughs> found out. You know how you're a bad planner. Me or me or people in general? No, you specifically. You. Uh, okay. Yeah. The the Jackson Barrett car show is literally three quarters of a mile from our resort. Why? Why does that reflect poorly on me? Because you're always saying I don't I have a wife to... that I can fly to Phoenix with on her dime. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds like a you problem, sir. That is a problem. Well, uh, well get I'll, over there and buy me something. Really quick, too, because I know Rookie likes hearing stuff like this. Mm-hmm. I know I'm going to drag her. I Rook, I found out that tomorrow is the Major League Baseball Arizona Fall League Championship. You are game. a loser. It's at one o'clock, so I'll be going over there. And I'm really glad some... we don't take calls on this podcast from just random <laughs> listeners like you. Goodbye. All right, thank you. Uh, it's why don't 75 we, degrees. Why don't we return with a uh, John Height newscast? Okay. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Suchere. Hey, I want to tell you about Mike Lindell, our buddy Mike Lindell, who invented the My Pillow. Yeah, uh, he's also invented the My Mattress, My Pillow, My Mattress Topper. It'll rejuvenate your mattress. You don't have to go out and drop a couple of grand on a new mattress. Try this My Pillow Mattress Topper. Three unique layers designed to provide support, distribute your body weight, to control the temperature. It's fantastic. Zippered removable cover is washable and dryable, and ten-year uh, warranty. 60-day money-back guarantee, two uh, and seven sizes from Twin to Cal King. And Mike has a great offer for uh, GLers. Now through December 31st, you can save 30% on any size MyPillow mattress topper and get two MyPillow standard pillows. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the mattress topper button on the homepage, and enter the promotional code GL at checkout. Here's Johnny Guitar Height. In the podcast newsroom. Thank you, Joe. Uh, before I start news, if I uh, I don't I wouldn't call this editorializing, but you know who I'm really starting to like? Who? This Dan Crenshaw fella. Isn't he something? Yeah. Explain he, uh, for the listeners who the, you're talking. He about. was just elected to the House in Texas. He's the fellow who lost his eye right. uh, in Iraq. And uh, Saturday Night Live, you may remember, did a skit where they made a couple bad jokes about well, him. Well, Pete Davidson did. Pete Davidson did. Yeah. He looks like a zombie, by the way. He does. Yes. Well, uh, Dan came on. Uh, Crenshaw came on SNL last week, and they did a bit with Pete. Right. Uh, basically, where it was very clever. The right. whole thing was very clever. Now, yesterday, uh, Crenshaw, if you haven't seen it, wrote an editorial for the Washington Post that was wonderful. Pioneer Press carried it today. Oh, did they? Okay, yep. I didn't see it there. Yep. Yeah, where basically he said, you know, outrage has become, you know, a cottage industry that perhaps it shouldn't. And, oh, he uh, sounds like the real deal. Oh, he it? really does. Yeah. yeah. I hope I hope he stays that way. Yeah. Uh, I'm a little cynical about people. In well, he's a former church, SEAL. Yes. Yeah. My son today, uh, my oldest son, showed me something on on his phone where they were comparing the new Democrats and all the diversity they have, and then all the Republicans. And the quote was, "You can have all the diversity you want. We got a pirate." 
<laughs> it, was, it was so, it was so fun. The Republicans have got a pirate. How cool is well, that? Well, what strikes me as cool about Crenshaw is that, he, and he's not saying this, but you know damn well he thinks the likes of Pete Davidson is just a fool. Right. Just a, it's not to be, it's not going to really, I'm not going to really waste a lot of my time worrying about it. Yeah. Because his initial response was when Davidson uh, uh, mocked him mocked him on a Saturday Night Live skit and said the guy looks like a hitman in a porno movie. Uh, he lost his eye fighting in a war or whatever. That was Davidson's line. And the next day Crenshaw was saying, well, I think he kind of revealed who he is. You know, it's, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Well, I just think, you know, pat him on the back. Huh? Yeah. And I think it would be refreshing if, if he brought that outlook to Washington because there's plenty of that. It, yep. In in the halls of Congress, I love that line. You can have a, you can have Octavio Carroza or whatever the hell her name is. We got a pirate. We got a pirate. <laughs> we got a pirate. <laughs> the Southwest Light Rail Line cleared a critical hurdle Wednesday that'll allow construction to begin on the two billion dollar project this winter. The Federal Transit Administration has notified the Metropolitan Council that it will likely pay for close to half of the cost of the nearly fifteen mile line linking downtown Minneapolis with Eden Prairie, the biggest public works project in state history. Passenger service could start in 2023. The FTA's notice means the Met Council can begin spending local money to start the project with the expectation that federal money will be available later for reimbursement. The notice, called a letter of no prejudice, is usually a sign that the entire $929 million federal grant will be forthcoming. John? Yes. Why did the two kids at Baraboo release the photograph Sunday? I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, uh, that's no that's what the uh, Baraboo News Republic uh, needs to find out. What compelled you to uh, six months later, five months later, why suddenly uh, tweet this out? Yeah, no idea. Why not do it in May or June, whenever mm -hmm. it was fresh? Yeah. Uh, yesterday, Joe, you talked to the Barron County Sheriff, Chris Fitzgerald. Well, mm -hmm. Thursday marks one month since 13-year-old Jamie Kloss was reported missing from her home in Wisconsin. Jamie's parents found dead at the home. The incident launched an investigation involving multiple agencies. The case, apparently they're generating about 25 tips per day at the moment. However, the information in those tips have not led to any strong leads in the case. Uh, in the meantime, relatives of the Kloss family say they aren't giving up hope. On Thursday, classmates and community members were encouraged to wear green in support of Jamie and all missing children. Uh, county dispatch records show a cryptic 911 call that ended abruptly in 45 seconds was placed the night of October 15th. Authorities at the Claus home discovered the landline was disconnected and that Jamie's parents had been shot. $50,000 reward being offered for information that leads to Jamie's whereabouts. Investigators said there's still no motive that they can come up How with. How can this be? Given the technology we have, given the law enforcement resources, how can this be? Yeah. How can this have vanished into thin air? Not one single little thing, it sounds like. Nope. Is, and is every theory has no evidence to support it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's astonishing. And in a small town where if, if you heard, you know, if you saw someone speeding away, uh, peering, Mrs. Kravitz peering out from the drapes, uh, you would know that. What he apparently was peering out the drapes at 1.30 mm -hmm. in the morning. It's a, it's an amazing story. We're, I've got his number on speed dial now because we're going to have to continually try to reach out to him. Well, he made me it made me glad to hear yesterday when he said, "No, we need to continue yeah. having this out in the open right. because somebody might remember something." Mm -hmm. Schwann's company, the Minnesota food distributor known for the home deliveries made by its gold trucks, is being sold. 
being purchased by a South Korean food company, the largest, in fact, in South Korea. CJ Chal Jidang, or CJCJ, as it's known, will pay $1.8 billion for an 80% stake in Schwann's and gain control of Schwann's businesses that serve restaurants, groceries, and other retailers. The Schwann family, descendants of founder Marvin Schwann, who started the company in Marshall, Minnesota in 1952, will continue to own 20% and run its home delivery service. The deal announced uh, in Korea Thursday afternoon, Korean time, late Wednesday here in Minnesota, after a meeting of CJ's board of directors. The company said Schwann's would keep its name, its corporate office in Bloomington, and its main operations in Marshall. Uh, Marshall uh, I wonder how many family members are left. That's a nice windfall. That really is. That's and, a nice windfall. And they are, so they're still uh, a private company, right? Family? Uh-huh. Yep. yep. Wow. Uh-huh. Have fun, family. They had uh, the other thing that amazed me about the the story when I first read it. Uh, they had they earned three billion dollars last year. That's a lot of money uh, for home delivery. We had it for a time. Well, yeah. they're they're beyond home delivery, aren't they? Don't they provide a number of services? They do schools. Yeah. They do some businesses. Yeah. yeah, but it's really it's quality stuff. It's not just ding yeah. ding. Here's your Swanson dinner. Mm-hmm. They also, I was unaware of this, created uh, and developed and owned. Red Baron Pizza. I did I not know that. I didn't either. Saw that in the uh, same story. Hmm. A federal judge slamming Florida on Thursday for repeatedly failing to anticipate election problems said the state law on recounts appears to violate the U.S. Supreme Court ruling that decided the presidency in 2000. U.S. District Judge Mark Walker said, We have been the laughing stock of the world election after election, and we chose not to fix this. The judge venting his anger at state lawmakers, but also Palm Beach County officials saying they should have made sure they had enough equipment in place to handle this kind of a recount. Walker also said he's not happy about the idea of extending recount deadlines without limit. The problem was created by the Florida legislature, which Walker said passed a recount law that appears to run afoul of the 2000 Bush v. Gore decision by locking in procedures that don't allow for potential problems. total of six election-related lawsuits are pending in Tallahassee. Earlier Thursday, Walker ordered that voters be given until 5 p.m. Saturday to show a valid identification and fix their ballots if they haven't been counted due to mismatched signatures. Uh, this story, I tell you. Uh-oh. Really bad? <laughs> the story involving, uh, we've talked about it several times, the New Jersey woman who needed help when her car ran out of gas. Mm-hmm. The homeless man who helped her out. Mm-hmm. We have another twist in this story. Oh, I, I did see this. One big scam, Johnny? Yep, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. If you remember the story, homeless sure. Johnny Bobbitt gave Caitlin McClure his last $20 bill for gas mm-hmm. after she became stranded on an interstate in Philadelphia. McClure and her boyfriend, Mark D'Amico, said they made the decision to publicly announce the Good Samaritan deed because they wanted to help Bobbitt. Mm-hmm. The fund quickly grew to more than $400,000 with donations from more than 1,400 people. The happy story, though, began to crack when Bobbitt accused the couple of stealing the money, using it to fund lavish trips to Las Vegas, the Grand Canyon, New York City. He also bought some uh, new vehicles. Local law enforcement agencies uh, zeroed in on the couple in recent months, raiding their home. An arrest appeared to be imminent. Then a new development on Thursday morning reported. Authorities said they think the entire story was a ruse concocted by not just the couple, but all three of them. I was going to say, Bobbitt had to be part of the action. Right. Yep. What would have tipped me off early would be, you, you think a lot of homeless guys got a 20 sitting yes. in their pocket? <laughs> right. His, his last 20. He just 20. happens to have a 20? His last 20. Mm-hmm. 
The whole thing, authorities say, concocted by McClure, D'Amico, and Bobbitt as a get-rich-quick scheme. McClure and D'Amico have reportedly turned themselves in, but Bobbitt remains at large. They're expected to be charged with conspiracy and theft by deception for working together to create the story. Country music star Roy Clark, the guitar virtuoso and singer who headlined the TV show Hee Haw for almost a quarter century and was known for various hits, has died. Uh, Roy Clark was 85 years old. Was he a good guitar player, John? He was a monster guitar player. Really? Oh, yeah. He was He was class A really? guitar player. Huh. You wouldn't know it from Hee Haw. No. Well, yeah, man. Then, of course, Rook finds Hee Haw. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he was... Uh, he was Top echelon. Was, I was always surprised to learn that Glenn Campbell was a monster guitar player. Yeah, uh, there's, there's that whole. There's, there was a whole gang of them, same generation. Him, uh, Jerry Reed, who most mm-hmm. people see as an actor, was a an incredible guitar player. Hmm. Uh, Roy Clark, Glenn Campbell, uh, yeah, tons what, of them. What kind of uh, guitar did uh, Roy Clark play? What kind brand you mean? Yeah, what is? Uh, did he have? Uh, a, he, who cares in, what brand? It was. Early in his career, he played Gibsons. Uh, he also, I believe he ended up with a, uh, a trademark Gretsch guitar that he ended up using later in his career. Well, he rarely used an electric guitar, did he? Oh, he often used an electric oh, right. guitar. Right. Yeah. I, I can't uh, admit that I was much of a hee-haw. You're thinking, when you saw him on hee-haw, he went acoustic. That's so. what I thought. He, right? and, he, and he never, rarely was allowed to actually sit and play guitar on hee-haw. I mean, you know, a few chords or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, John he, chastised me for, what are you going to hee-haw quote for? <laughs> i get something better. Uh, he actually made an album. Uh, there's, I know you this. I don't want to belabor the point here. Do but it. There's a, a jazz guitarist who many consider the greatest ever by the name of Joe Pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roy Clark and Joe Pass made an album together. It was wonderful. Just hmm. them doing old jazz standards. Wow. Uh, and Roy had no problems keeping up uh, right. with Joe. But yeah, he was a fabulous guitar right. player. So we've lost Glenn Campbell, Roy Clark. This is coming threes. Um, I'm sure there's been someone. Yeah, okay. And Glenn, that was that was over a year ago, wasn't it, Rook? It yeah. was? Yeah. Oh, I don't I, think I, this I think is so. the three category. Got it. Uh, Clark, by the way, uh, not only guitar, he was a banjo player, a fiddle player, mandolin, a harmonica, and other instruments. Uh, he often performed uh, with top orchestras, including orchestras like the Boston Pops. In 1976, he headlined a tour of the Soviet Union, breaking boundaries that were usually closed for Americans. There are uh, some albums, if you are interested in the guitar side of him. Uh, from early in his career that uh, featured just him on guitar or with a rare vocal. Serious question. If he plays with those big orchestras, yeah. well, what instrument would, would he play the guitar? He played the guitar, yeah. In those sure. big orchestras? Or is no, it certainly. I yeah. never even noticed that. Yeah, guitarists do that all the time, especially jazz players. Okay. So, yes. Uh, that Remember that big Mega Millions jackpot, the $1.537 billion? Yes. yes. Uh, nobody's come forward yet to claim the prize, even though somebody did win it. One winning ticket sold Simpsonville, South Carolina. The drawing took place on October 23rd. State lottery officials say there's no word yet on the winner. If you're wondering, uh, you do not have a year to claim this one. Like the Powerball, Uh-oh. you have 180 days. Six months? Six months to claim the prize. And uh, also in South Carolina, you can stay anonymous. So this person does not have to, we do not have to know who this is. Well, this is. person is probably getting their team together of yeah. lawyers and financial planners. You mm-hmm. would think so. Uh, one the retailer that sold the ticket gets fifty grand <laughs> once the prize is claimed. Keurig, you guys use Keurigs? I'm done uh, with them. Yes, I don't, but the uh, chief procurer does. I've yeah. gone through two of them. They don't. Uh, they don't stay. They don't keep working for me. Really? Yeah. I've had one since they first came out. Same one. I don't know what the problem <laughs> is. I love them, but two machines have conked out. Maybe we you, could. Maybe we could get to the story. Do you oh. use Do you use water from the tap? 
and as opposed to and what? clean it regularly. I run some um, uh, vinegar through it. I used I buy distilled water. Okay, it. maybe that's the difference. Uh, curing anyway. Perrier, John Perrier, is, is turning to a new market for home brewing, cocktails and beer. Hmm. The coffee brewing company is rolling out the Drinkworks Home Bar. With brewing giant AB in Bev, the $299 machine can mix up cocktails like mojitos or pour one of the uh, beers that the AB serves, like Beck's or Bass. Yet the product may be tough to find in time for the holidays because it'll be available in November only as a pilot thing in St. Louis. Consumers in California and Florida can also pre-order the machine. The company said it'll roll out the home bar device in more markets then in 2019. Product works in a similar fashion to Keurig's coffee machines with consumers popping in a pod for the type of drink they want to consume. The machine will add carbonation for drinks that require fizz, and it takes about 30 to 60 seconds to brew or mix the drink, according to the company. Adding ice would, of course, be up to the consumer. What about a Manhattan or an Old Fashioned? I, I don't know if they don't know make those. Advanced yet. Okay. They don't say what drinks they're actually going to make. I might be back in the Keurig game if that were to be the case. <laughs> <laughs> Foo Fighters frontman Dave Grohl continues to be, uh, well, superhuman. He visited five Los Angeles area fire stations this week. Didn't show up empty-handed. He delivered barbecue to feed the firefighters who are tirelessly battling blazes raging across the state. Not only is he delivering barbecue, it's his own barbecue. Yeah, he's in the business now, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, station, uh, Los Angeles County Fire Station 68, posted on Instagram, awesome to get a visit tonight from Dave Grohl of the Foo Fighters. He also treated us to some of his backbeat barbecue. Thanks, Dave. It was excellent. The station, which serves the cities of Calabasas and Hidden Hills, posted a photo with Grohl and others posing in front of the truck. He didn't deliver just any barbecue. Uh, he smoked it himself as part of his new backbeat barbecue venture. His barbecue project was launched on social media channels this past fall. He expressed interest in learning the tricks of the trade before in a May interview with GQ. He said, I've spent far too long lost down the YouTube wormhole watching videos on how to make the best spice rub for the perfect brisket. When I get back to L.A., I'm taking a butchery course. While his barbecue project may be new, it's already getting rave reviews. Fire Captain Kevin Harmon saying probably the best barbecue I've ever had. Mm. And just to see him, knowing what he does for a living and the position he's in, to actually take the time to think about us, to get up at 3 in the morning, to cook meat for the guys and show up here, was great. Well, what do you got? <laughs> What's the read? I love Grohl. I think, yep. he's, a, uh -huh. I think he's a really uh -huh. good, good guy. But this was also brilliant on his part. Well, certainly. To launch certainly. his own barbecue brand. Right. Of course he's going to get up at 3 in the morning. And visit all five yeah, stations. Yeah, good for him. But, I mean, come on. He's getting... He's got he's got John Height in St. Paul, Minnesota, reading about it. Joe, why do you always think the worst? I know. Of people? I thought to myself, <laughs> see, I'm not thinking the worst of them. I'm I'm thinking the worst of the way the story was written. You Kenny, you Kenny, I, you, don't turn this off Kenny. either. You dummy, Kenny just said, basically said, I'm evil and corrupt, and I have issues. He did, yeah. pretty much, pretty much. That's did. why he runs the Krabby Coffee Shop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, as of Wednesday night, by the way, in that area, the Woolsey fire had blazed through ninety-eight thousand three hundred sixty-two acres. In L.A. County and neighboring Ventura County, and the Hill Fire burned 4,500 acres in the neighboring Ventura County. Thank you, John. You bet. You'll learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Suchere. I was just trying to print something correctly. You need me to grab something? Well, uh, the former chief offsite correspondent, 
chiming in? Yeah, he alerted Woo! me. He alerted me to a new book. Uh, apparently, it's. But see, when I printed it, uh, margins images obscure much of the copy that I would want to read. Oh, I see, like advertising pop-ups. Uh, but it's a book about uh, garage. There's no place like it in the American uh, dream. Is the American garage? Well, duh. <laughs> yeah, we knew that. Why is he sending you that? We knew that already. Frank Lloyd Wright started designing the Frederick C. Roby house, and Roby apparently had a Ford model, or before the Ford Model T went into production, but then and then I get this cut off. Uh, uh, something about what caught Wright's attention uh, about the car uh, is the fact that apparently who Wright was working for were the only men in the south side of Chicago with a gasoline-powered machine, wrote Olivia Erlanger and Louis Ortega Govella in their new book, Garage, an intellectual history of an often overlooked space. Isn't this right up our alley as GLers? It sure is. Mm -hmm. The Roby House has become an icon of modern architecture. You have to foghorn icon. But the automobile-centric spaces Wright added gave it an additional mm -hmm. distinction. It was the first house to have an attached garage. Unadorned and unheated, a garage might seem like a utilitarian place, but in the analysis of Erlanger, an artist, and Ortega, an architect, the garage is a central space of 20th century America, where modernism and suburban values collide with unexpected power. We think about it as this weird tumor that was attached <laughs> to the house, says Ortega. It's the first time the machine is given a room to sleep in. Hmm. At its simplest, a garage is a room without windows with one massive door that can either reveal the space to the street or keep the world out. It's an entrance to the house and a semi-domestic chamber that's empty much of the time whenever the car is absent. Over the years, the garage has become linked closely with mainstream suburban life and the picture-perfect nuclear family. In the years after the Great Depression, the Federal Housing Authority considered a garage an important asset when evaluating a mortgage application. Mm. But almost immediately, the garage started becoming, as Erlanger and Ortega put it, the Freudian ID of the home. In the Roby house, the attached garage quickly became a storage space. In California, where good weather and carports meant that cars could live outside, garages became blank spaces adapted for all sorts of uses. All right. And then again, I'm struggling with really a bad a, a printing situation. I tried to... Uh, uh Printed it out. I could not print it out. It printed out the same way. So, as unexceptional as garages may seem to many people today, they are remnants of the past. The garage is already a vestigial space, an addendum, a ruin from a different era. I, I beg to differ. The values in the economy that create space for garages are disappearing. In some visions of the future, individuals won't need to keep cars, at least not once vehicles drive themselves or are owned by fleet operators. But in creating this book, as well as a related documentary set to premiere in 2019, Erlanger and Ortega found that people have surprisingly emotional memories of garages. Yeah, I, I did a whole book on it. Right. Garage Logic, the, yep. the uh, companion guide to life in the radio town. And I wrote a chapter about each of the four garages in my life. Every single person has a relationship to that space, even if they don't own one, says Erlanger. The image is so strong in our cultural imagination, but also our actual experience. 
uh, her uh, memory. She stole her parents' car when she was 13, but at the critical moment couldn't figure out how to end her joyride. I drove straight through the garage door, she oh. says. It had changed. Uh, it had a charged memory in my mind. Ortega doesn't remember his most important experience of a garage, but he knows it happened. My grandmother had these really nice garages that opened up into her garden, he says, and I was baptized in one of them. Huh. Uh, they seem to, uh, again, I apologize for the printing, uh, they seem to be suggesting uh, that the garage has, its time has come and gone, and all we are left with are memories. And I, that's absolutely not how Baloney. I view the garage at all. I, I, think it's, I think it's now become more of an architectural uh, addendum to the house than ever before in history. And now yeah, people are celebrating. They have their man caves, which mm-hmm. is basically a, a, a garage with more than just a TV and a fridge in it. Mm-hmm. But I, I'd be interested in seeing that book and maybe talking to these people. It's called Garage. We can try and, uh, and it's called Why There's No Place Quite Like the American Garage. Okay. I'm going to keep this and see if I can't, can't find that. We can handle that. The American Garage. All started here on Garage Logic, right? In the garage of Hubbard Radio. Uh, we will see new offerings from Mr. Greg Holcomb at garagelogic.com. All you need to do is click on the features icon, and that's super easy. The drop down author's corner, the listener map, check in as a listener, and the GL Comics. And I will tell you that the uh, Reavers is working on the map right now. So it's coming soon, but don't be deterred by that. I'm sure he'll get right on it. GarageLogic.com has all of the back Garage Logic podcasts that you can listen to. So tell your friends and family, and we'll be back on your next click with more of the Garage Logic podcast.